Ever heard of the medieval English queen who used boiling beer and attack bees to successfully repel the Vikings? Or the princess in Renaissance Sweden who turned to a life of piracy? What about the 17th century Angolan princess who executed a man for daring to criticize her active sex life? These are just three women profiled on Vulgar History, a feminist women's history comedy podcast. My name is Ann Foster, and the goal of this podcast is to share the stories of history's most scandalous women, both those you've never heard of, as well as taking a new look at ones whose stories you thought you knew. Vulgar History is available on all podcasting platforms. Hope you take a listen. Hi, I'm Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Blencham, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. Uh, Welcome to another delicious episode of Fiddle and Pipe. I am... (laughs) Delicious! It is the tastiest episode. I am set up with my (laughs) drinks. I am your co-host, Brittany Ross. I have coffee... I have a Spindrift sparkling water that is orange mango flavored, and I have my Bob's Burgers Turvis of normal water. <laughs> I gotta be hydrated, and with me today, I have my co-host, Miss Catherine Flensham. I also have a delicious cup of coffee with a cat mug I display. also have a cat mug. Look at us. We are just like... Frickin Do you want to take a picture oh of goodness. our catalog? I should. For social media? I should. Let me just let's hold on for a second. All right. Wait. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> Wait. Mine also says, if you look at the handle, I'm going to hold it up to you. It says, cat person. Hi, Bartok. Hi, Bartok. I see you. This is starting like a fiddle and pipe happy hour which if you want to check those out you should join us on patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe we have some trivia games that we've been playing but anyway i have a post and it's very interesting so um if you want to follow all this lovely stuff on social media we are at fiddle and pipe on instagram so go -hmm. follow us and today we are talking about what are we talking about today teaching (laughs) Woo. Teaching, end of the school year. Thank goodness. Et cetera, et cetera. I don't know about you, but the last day, so we're recording this on May 20th, mm-hmm. and the last day of school here is May 25th. So next Wednesday. I It varies from freaking districts here. It's not really over per se here. I think Denver DPS is done the week of the 30th. Like one of those days that in that week, but I'm not done mm-hmm. teaching until next Wednesday, which is your last day of school, so. That's insane. Yeah, this year has been a long one. Yeah, my last day of clinicianing was May 9th. Dang, that's so early. Well, for me, that that was kind of true with, like, at least one of my schools, I would say. April and May start getting really hairy because of all the testing that kids do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, clinician kind of gets a little spotty anyway, and then, you know, the last two weeks of school, they don't really do that much, and normally concerts are held in late April or early May, mm-hmm. so I'm not really needed, Yeah, and they're not really doing anything, slash, even if they wanted me to come in for, like, oh, here's technique and whatever, the kids aren't really going to focus that much. 
No. Yeah, for me, because I work in, two like, four different schools within, like, two separate districts, they all have different schedules. So, like, some of the band concerts this year, for, like, their spring concert at least, some of them were, like, as early, like, I think the earliest one was the first week of May, or, like, the first full week of May, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the earliest... I've seen a school, and I think the latest, yeah, is the 25th. And I'm playing in two concerts that day, too, which are the final band concerts, of course. But, yeah, I'm going to, like, play in one at one school that I teach at. And then, like, an hour later, I got to drive, like, up the street to another school that I used to teach at before the pandemic. But I turned down teaching this year because it was just a lot on my plate with everything Mm -hmm. that I'm doing. So I had to decline teaching, but the director asked if I could come in and play with the kids in their concert. And I was like, sure, (laughs) why not? I'm surprised they want you to play on the kids' concert. I've done that before at one of my middle school programs, and they're very, I mean, with this program, it's a Title I school. They're very small. Um, And I remember the teacher wanted me to just be with, like, the flute kids because this was, like, their first time ever really having some... I think this was, like, the first year the teacher had people come in and do sectionals, one. And then the second thing, I think she wanted the kids to feel comfortable playing with, like, in front of people, in front of their parents. And so I've done it before. And with these kids um, this year, because I did it at another school, it's all elementary school. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the kids... and And I... It's really, I, I like doing it for some reason because I think it really gets the kids motivated to play because a lot of the kids that I teach, they're like, are you going to be at our concert? Are you going to play with us in our concert? Because they want you to play with them. And I know that, like, mm-hmm. the teachers really like seeing the kids, like, happy and enthusiastic and wanting to play. So, I mean, I like it. I think it's really fun. And it's easy. It's so easy, like, playing, like, hot, cross, but. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, I miss the days when music was this easy. <laughs> but anyway, it's all good. I love it. It's fun. Yeah, I've never played in a kid's concert. I'm surprised. But, I mean, do you teach mostly at middle schools and high schools? Yeah. Yeah, I can see how, like, there's less of that in those programs. The orchestra and band don't start until middle school here. Yeah, well... It's- <clears throat> I think, like, for these elementary school programs, they're, they're just, like, extracurricular. So they're either before <laughs> they're either before the day starts, which, um, bright early time of 7.20 a.m., or they're after school. Um, at least one of them that I teach at is after school. So these kids are not really doing it in their regular, like, class day. Like, day-to-day school activity. Yeah, it's more of just, like, a fun extracurricular thing. I mean, I totally get it. When I was, like, younger, when I was in elementary school, I think fourth grade, I didn't want to be in after school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. I hated it. It was not fun because I was literally there for, like, it felt like hours. I would sit there and be, like, doing the same damn thing, being on the swings in the playground, (laughs) (laughs) throwing, like, wood chips at me. I'm just kidding. But yeah, like I used to be so bored. And so finally, I just wanted to do something different. And that Mm -hmm. like they had an extracurricular band program that happened after school. So I think like twice a week, I would be doing that. And it was like, this is nice. (laughs) Like I'm doing something else. That's not just, you know, doing my homework, hanging out in the playground, having little kids like tug at my uniform, 
help. <laughs> Brats. Yeah, that because that would happen sometimes. They'd mix the big kids and the little kids together in the playground after school, and it's just like, I, I don't like this. So Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out, but yeah. Well, this school year for me personally has been insane, mm-hmm. but insane in a good way, I think. I have basically returned to full-time clinicianing and teaching, which is really nice. The first semester of this calendar year, I was doing deliveries up until like the first week of December. And that was a little rough to juggle, but I felt like I needed to do it to pay off credit card debt, Mm -hmm. which is fun. And then in the second semester, I got a bunch of wedding gigs and I was clinicianing and I was teaching and really loud trash truck outside. I can hear it. That's the squeaky brakes. <laughs> I know, right? Girl, get your brakes checked. <laughs> some oil on that thing. Loop it up. Loop it up. <laughs> you can't have too much lube. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Whoever tells you otherwise is wrong. <laughs> I just, I, this conversation went for a turn, but you know, we kind of started it. Anyway. <laughs> And I started doing deliveries again for the summer just because uh, Figaro's medical expenses have gotten high and I don't clinician during the summer. So even though David is doing better with the job and we're spending less, we just had a lot of vet bills. Mm. And David's like, as long as you can limit it to like 15 to 20 hours a week, he's like, I don't want you doing it for like 40 plus hours a week again. He's like, treat it like a part-time job. Yeah. Like teaching and fiddle and pipe first. You know, earning a like two to three hundred extra dollars a week is helpful. I mean, it is helpful. And I think that's why I went I had to go back to LaBelle because um I had to stop because I was teaching so much. And I think this year was just like very mentally challenging teaching again, personally. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because it's a mixture of like things I had going on in my personal life, but I think like getting back into the swing of things with um teaching at schools especially and clinicianing and having to like this year especially I mean it's different for every instrument I get it and probably a little bit easier for you but for me I felt really stressed out at the beginning of like September October when I was getting into teaching a lot of these beginners flute uh, making sure that they felt really good with a flute sound from scratch, but then having to go by COVID mandates here, making sure like mass mandates were still mandatory, like in all the schools that I taught at. And I was trying to play safe too, because like, I didn't want to get anybody sick. And so I... Or get sick yourself. Yeah. And it was so freaking hard because <clears throat> with the mask and everything, like, especially with like the little, little kids that I had taught at elementary schools, like... They were given masks that, like, cover their freaking heads. <laughs> like, I would sit there and, like, I can't see your face. <laughs> I can't see Don't anything. Don't they have kid-sized masks? One of my programs, legitimately, like, the masks were not made for kids. It was, they were made for, like, bigger size kids, maybe. Like, maybe, like, middle schoolers. But these were, like, tiny little second graders, third graders, learning how to play the flute for the first time. They're not, they don't know what to do whatsoever. They only meet once a week. (laughs) So seeing that, it just like really stressed me out. Um, And it's like, oh, they have to keep their mask on the entire time. And I'm like, how am I supposed to use some flute when like they have masks that they can't even like 
maneuver and hold the flute and like navigate where they need to put it when they have to cover this, mm-hmm. they have this giant freaking bag over their face. Like it was just so stressful. It was really, really overwhelming and stressful. And even like throughout the year, um, I had instances where I had like kids where I would ask them like, hey, can I just have you take your mask down so I can see what you're doing with your embouchure? And they wouldn't take it down. Like they would just stare mm-hmm. at me and I'm like, okay. And I would just be like, okay, um, next thing. Like, I, I, cause like, you know, I want to make sure that kids are, you know, making sounds well and they feel comfortable and confident, but when I'm not hearing that and it, and I have nothing against masks, but at the same time, it's like, I need to see what you're doing. I want to help you. Yeah. And it was really frustrating. And like, it was really stressful and I really like had a hard time handling it and mentally I just couldn't take it so I had to like leave LaBelle for a bit because I was like I'm so overwhelmed and I felt really shitty about myself I felt really like scared sometimes like I felt just not okay to teach like I I just I don't know this year was so different for me I felt a lot Mm -hmm. of self-doubt this year my confidence went down a lot this year with teaching. I think it's because of the overwhelming of handling like a group of kids versus having, you know, one-on-one lessons over like for the like last, what, year and a half, almost two years. Like, yeah, it's just, it was really stressful. And I mean, I was glad to be doing it again. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it was a different experience than pre-pandemic when I felt like I had even though I didn't have as much experience teaching sectionals and stuff, I felt way more confident than I did this year. Way more confident. It's really interesting because I feel like you and I had different circumstances, but a lot of the same reactions. So I'm based in Cobb County, Georgia, which for those of you who don't know... They're good band programs. <laughs> it's like 45-ish minutes northwest of Atlanta, give or take. An hour for traffic. Just depends. Yeah, like, <laughs> depends on the time of day. What day? When are you going? <laughs> like, traveling to Atlanta. What everyone else has going on. Like, who knows? <laughs> Yo, no joke, though. Like, every time I crossed over I-75, like, I swear to God, one, one of those sides, north or south, was at a standstill. And I was like, screw that. Like, I don't want to live here anymore. Cobb never had a mask mandate. Oh, actually, I think I remember that. And I remember some people were not okay with that. And I totally understand. It was really interesting because um, Cobb is one of the counties that flipped blue um, in the recent election. And I think in the past few rotation, like election cycles, they have been heavily leaning blue. I've always kind of felt that way, though, because Cobb County has a bigger... Yeah, and, like, local elections. Yeah, Cobb County is a big population, and a very diverse population as well. It's way more diverse than Cherokee. It has a big, diverse population, a lot of middle and upper middle class and upper class families, a lot of, like, suburban sprawl. Like, if you're familiar with Atlanta, it's just, like, such a sprawling city. It goes as far out, like, I feel like the suburban sprawl from Atlanta, like, goes as far north as, like... Cartersville. Coming and Cartersville and... Canton, Jasper, almost, baby. Which are, like, an hour away without traffic from Atlanta. From, like, North Atlanta. Which is insane. It's just getting worse. (laughs) Yeah, but there was never a mask mandate 
so it was really interesting to see the stark contrast in schools with kids who wore masks and kids who didn't. And personally, I wore a mask and I still wear a mask because mm-hmm. I'm high risk. I have a lot of members in my family who are high risk. I haven't really gotten sick since the pandemic started. That's good. <laughs> I had a small cold around Christmas and I don't really find the masks that horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't really mind them. So I just prefer to wear it. But it's also really interesting because I go to different schools and I can see, depending on where the school is, like if people in that area tend to leave more conservative or liberal, if they come from lower, higher income status, what their socioeconomic status is, I can see how that reflects in the kids who wear masks and don't wear masks. Um, I also clinician at a school in Fulton County, which is... Atlanta is in Fulton, um, and the school was in Sandy Springs, which is, like, just north of Atlanta, and most of the kids there wore masks. Mm-hmm. More kids there wore masks than in Cobb, which makes sense because Atlanta is more liberal. hmm Yeah. All of my clinicianing just came to a dead stop at, in March of 2020, 2020 to 2021 school year like start I think it started virtual and then it went to in person but in in my county most if not all the schools were not accepting visitors at the time yeah and they had very strict COVID stuff going on Mm -hmm. so all of my school clinicianing stuff was null and void for that year basically so same basically in like late July because school here like next school your school's starting on August 1st. Yeah, and you know a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's so early." And I'm like, "That's normal." It is so early. <laughs> I think it's normal for me, but I mean, well, I remember when we were kids, school started in like mid late August. Cherokee was different because they were experimenting when we we were in school, so like they were experimenting with the break system and everything. So it just became more of a normal thing like middle school, high school where I had all those breaks. And you started school, like, first week of August. <laughs> and I'm so used to it, because I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, normal. It's not like that here. It's more like mid-week August, late August. Well, it's really because they enacted the fall and February. Everywhere? Or most places? Oh, okay. And Fulton County. So now they, and maybe Cherokee, too, at this point. So now they start school earlier. And end it a little later because they have two more weeks. Yeah. Cherokee's always been weird like that. I will say, though, I like the breaks. Like, I do like, I know not a lot of people do, but I like them because, to be really honest, like. I think it's good because otherwise they were going four months with no break, and that's a lot right? to ask kids. I, and I enjoyed having, like, I loved the September break the most because it was, like, the perfect time of year where. It was like, okay, I have nothing going on. Because usually September, when I was in high school, it was marching band season. And I'm always at school. I'm always, like, busy, busy, busy. But this was, like, a week where I was like, okay, I just have one practice and a game on Friday. And that's it. So I can go running yeah. <laughs> and enjoy my Time life. Time to recoup. And the weather is nice. Well, it used to be really nice. Probably now it's, like, shitty. But still, <laughs> the weather is, like, super nice. <laughs> It's hot, but it's, like, starting to cool down at night. Yeah. But I just remember I felt really overwhelmed because after going basically a year and a half with no school stuff, 
at the end of July and early August, I got asked by, like, four or five schools to help with recruitment for the first right? two or three weeks of school, oh. which was insane, and I, I grabbed every opportunity I could, and I remember, like, crying to David because I was like, I have music work, because it was great, and I was really happy, but it was, like, going from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. yeah. with no mm-hmm. transition. Exactly. And it really freaked me out. <laughs> I felt the same way, except I did. I got asked a lot later, and I don't know if it's because, like, if the teachers were just not sure of, like, whether they could mm-hmm. have people come in and help out again. Like, I knew that I was going to most likely be asked again. So I was just kind of like, okay, it might happen. It might not. And I'm not going to take that as offense. Like, I'll just keep trying to do what I need to do. But I got asked a lot later, like, and I think a lot of band programs started a lot later. Like, from my elementary school ones... One of them started band in October, which is really late because they usually start in August. Like, I remember doing recruitment for them before the pandemic, and it was, like, August. First week of August. Mm -hmm. And then one of my other elementary schools started band in January. That's, like, the latest I've ever seen. And I think that was the latest that band program has ever done, too. They don't start in the fall. They do. But I don't think the teacher was able to get a band program happening. Like, I don't think she was able to get it actually happening because of covid because the kids especially at this school um, they start beginning band in second and third grade so they're really young and probably not all of them were able to get vaccinated maybe and i think like waiting until like with stuff maybe more vaccinations were able to you know be around for kids that age finally they started in january but yeah it was pretty late for all my schools I think like the earliest I taught was like early September which is usually still late for me especially when I'm teaching middle school and it was really hard too because I had all these scheduled like auditions happening I had a trip planned I and I was just like oh this is really stressful trying to you know juggle getting back into the swing of things with teaching and being there as frequently as I could, especially at the beginning parts when they're like trying to learn sounds and stuff to Mm -hmm. juggling, doing these auditions, personal life stuff and working at LaBelle because I was still working part time more frequently and then handling this podcast and then doing all the other crap that I do. I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to freak out and I had to turn down one of my teaching thing like teaching requests because I was just like I can't do this I need a day off I need time to sleep I need time to be with like my partner I need to mm-hmm. you know take care of myself and your cat and my cat <laughs> I need to take care of myself mm-hmm. and if I'm like I, I remember I think I asked Woody like I, I went up to him I didn't ask him but I went up to Woody and I mentioned to him that and I was really stressed And he was like, if you are feeling this way and you just got an email about this, like asking like, hey, can you teach here? Then you need to say no. Obviously, you have a lot on your plate. And I was like, okay. So yeah, it's just been a struggle. This year also, I dealt with situations like with flute playing that I've never experienced before with students. Like I never had a student at school, like at a school or even in private situations where they have a teardrop lip. What is that? It's something that has to do with your embouchure. So it's the mm-hmm. shape of your lip. Like if you have like a teardrop, it, it's kind of like when you create the flute embouchure, there's like a teardrop shape where like the middle part of your lip kind of like droops down a little bit. 
so it kind of like interferes with like the opening like the aperture like for the air Hmm. so it's not like a clear hole you have like a little extra skin down if that makes sense so you just cut their lip right no (laughs) you don't do that Mm -hmm. well like come here kid (laughs) I, I, i read i was reading a lot about this when it was occurring and when i had this student because i had like two students at least that kind of had this and I was trying mm-hmm. to help them out make make sounds and feel comfortable because just the way that you direct your air is a little bit different but you can still play like there's many there are many flutists out there that have teardrop lips so it's not like it can not happen it just takes a little bit more time and probably a little bit mm-hmm. more like trying to find your own kind of like sweet spot I like to say of finding your sound. I had to work with that. I'd never done that before. It was a challenge. And it was challenging because, like, I, wor- I really wanted to help the student out. And I really wanted them to feel good. Um, so I had to deal with I, – I had to work with that this year. I had to deal with a tent- temper tantrum this year. Did not expect that whatsoever. In lessons or in clinicianing? In clinicianing. Yo, like, I've had that happen, like, maybe, like, a – like with one student in a private instance, but like I was able to handle it and manage that really well. But in a school, like, and this kid was so young, like I would try to get them to play, like make a sound on the flute and then they would like blow and they would hear that the sound doesn't come out. Like it's just air. And then they would just like stomp their feet and cry. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know what to do. I don't like... I've had a lot of behavioral issues in schools, and I think a lot of it is just because, like, kids are emotionally stunted because of yeah COVID and isolation and stuff. Well, I look back and I'm like, okay, when COVID probably started, you were in kindergarten, most likely. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there and I was just like, I'm trying to, like, calm this kid down. But, I mean, it was like this every single week, like, trying to get them to calm down. They would always get angry. They would always, and I would just be like, oh my God, like, it it made me really like feel like, okay, this is not what I was trained to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I kind of wish I I had some kind of education class or some kind of way where I could like, I I knew how, like, how can I handle or approach these situations, you know? Yeah. I know we've said this previously on the podcast, but I really think that performance majors in college should be allowed or required to take some kind of like yeah like pedagogy classes or education is it method or classroom management sort of classes I think like you learn those more in education classes like you know how like some of the education majors at least the music school would be like oh you have to take like education 101 or something like that like I think you learn all of that stuff in those like classes of how to handle certain situations like that I wish that we took classes like that because honestly that applies so much to what I do now like yeah I can play the violin really well but managing a classroom everything I know I've learned through experience I got asked to sub I got asked to sub one of like the band classes that I teach like not at the middle schools but the elementary school program that I teach at the teacher was like hey I have this going on during this class this morning that morning can you can you sub in for the morning? And I was like, huh. And I was like, okay, I know it's like, a, I know like it's no more than like, oh gosh, it has to be like 12 kids, maybe max. Like it's not a big class. It's a very small group. Three right. of them are like the flute section and they're awesome. So like, I know they'll listen to me, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I was just sitting there like, I don't know how to like 
manage a kid, like a group of like fourth, fifth graders. And some of them are sassy at 7 a.m. in the morning. Some of them love to talk. And some, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you got some energy. I never had that when I was your age. But anyway, so yeah, I had a try that out this year and honestly like I thought it was a really neat experience but it was I mean I wish I kind of under I kind of wish I had some kind of experience where I could learn how to manage like a classroom the biggest shock to me was how uh sixth graders acted this year because I don't really interact with elementary schoolers unless they take private lessons from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because music in elementary school here is, like, very general music. Yeah, could you imagine, though, if you taught, like, a room full of, like, kids playing Mississippi Hot Dog and they're, like, in first grade and they're like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> It'd be awful. <laughs> I really like Mississippi Hot Dog. Sorry. String instruments, unfortunately, are not super friendly for young kids just because they tend not to have, like, the hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. and, or, like, the hand strength to be as good at it is what I've noticed. I don't know. String instruments are just not very friendly for beginners because it's hard to sound good on them. Oh, yeah. When you're starting out. I don't know if that's the same for, like, band instruments. It's the same. But I feel like maybe, like, with band instruments, at least it's a little bit more intuitive. It's like, okay, you you breathe into this thing, and that's what makes a sound, more or less. Don't say that when you teach a flute player, please. (laughs) Maybe say that to somebody else. I don't know. Nothing that you do for violin is natural. The way that you hold it, the way that you hold your arm. It's not natural. The way that you move your... It's not easy. The way that you move your bow on the string. I don't understand it. You would think it's just you put your bow on the string and pull it and make... That makes noise, but it doesn't make the right kind of noise. No, it doesn't. I don't understand it. I'm really glad I play flute. (laughs) I've tried to teach you violin a few times. Yeah, I'm really glad I play flute. I have some pictures. I'm a flute player. I'm always the flute player for life. But I've noticed it seems like sixth graders this year had the hardest time, at least behavioral-wise. I agree. They were just a mess. And you have to think about it. The last time that some of these kids were in school was March of 2020. And they were in second semester, fourth grade. And then they're suddenly in middle school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of development that they missed out on. And think about the hormones, too, because they're all going through puberty which is, like, the perfect mm-hmm. time of your life as an adolescent. Yeah, they're all pubing out to make it worse. <laughs> Basically. Oh, I swear, like, every time I, at least, at, I mean, one of my schools, the sixth graders were, like, super high energy. And I think maybe partly is because I saw them after they had lunch. So that might have been the reason why. But at one, one of my other schools, I would see the sixth graders, like, in the morning and I'd have, like, how are you guys today? Like, a smile. And because they're all wearing masks, it'd just be, like, <laughs> silence. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, you're like okay, okay. <laughs> we're going to play the B-flat major scale. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, like, oh, no, they really hate their lives right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we got to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think, like, at least, like, with some... Some of the kids that I, like, taught this year, especially at middle schools, um, I think a lot of the kids were kind of just over it, it seemed like. I think they'd just been dealing with the COVID stuff, and they're just, like, over it. It felt yeah, like that. and the thing is, it's, like, a lot of adults didn't handle COVID well and, like, still aren't handling COVID well. I mean, think about... I'm not. <laughs> the problems that, like, you've had in your own life. 
and the problems that, you know, that other people have had. And then think about kids who don't have as much coping skills as adults. Or, yeah. So, and that's kind of how they deal with things is, like, they're, they lash out. That's usually what kids do. I, I would see that a few times at some of the schools, and I'd just be like, whew. I can understand. Like, it hasn't been really easy the last, like, few years. And I totally get that this year was also pretty challenging. And I think, like, here it was just weird because, like... I feel like it was, like, a sudden return to, like, mm-hmm. normal but not normal. It's normal but not normal. Yeah. Like, it felt yeah. really strict at the beginning of the year, I think. Especially here. And then as the year went on, it felt a little bit more like, okay, everyone's getting used to the things now. We're all feeling a little bit more comfortable. But I think overall, like, this year the kids were just kind of over it. I think for me personally, it was like, you know, trying to get everyone to feel comfortable with their instrument and trying to juggle with the mask mandates, making sure that, you know, they're keeping their mask on because they had to. And I didn't want to get in trouble by, like, faculty or anything like that because, I mean, I'm technically, like, a contractor there, (laughs) so I'm not, like, Mm -hmm. an employee, but I wanted to make sure I was, like, you know, following the rules and everything. Um, And then with, like, all the – I think, like, the teachers especially. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like this year I've noticed a lot – of the pressures that some of the teachers have to deal with, like trying to make sure they learn certain things by a certain time. At least at one of my schools, I was like hearing about that. But I also kept noticing that a lot of teachers were quitting at some of the schools that I was teaching at to the point where they were like, even at least at one of my schools, a lot of the teachers were leaving. Yeah. And this would be like in November, December, like it wasn't even that far into the school year. And they would like throw these kids in other classes into band and orchestra and I think maybe chorus as well I'm assuming but they would throw them into band and because there's no one to watch them there's no one to watch them and the kids in these classes didn't want to be put in band but then they have to like learn like you know five notes and make a sound and read by like a certain point Mm -hmm. in the curriculum so the teacher can like you know, pass that off and make that expectation for the school district. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is stressful. I think I had like one student that I saw like in December, new, brand new, had to learn all five notes, like B, C, D, E, F, make a sound, all that by the Mm -hmm. end of the like semester or something like that. And I was like, what? Like, isn't that next week? Isn't that in two days? (laughs) Like I'm sitting there and I'm like, what? It's so stupid. Hey, you look kind of peppy. I am peppy because I just drank a cup of coffee from La Belle Rosette Espresso and Wine Bar. That's in Denver, right? Yep. We are located right across the street from the University of Denver. And do they have more than just espresso and wine? Yeah, we have breakfast burritos, paninis, pastries, teas. We have a lot. If someone was walking through Denver and let's say this person was me and let's say I wanted a panini, when is LaBelle open so I can go and get one? We are open from 7 to 5 Monday through Friday, 7 to 2 on Saturdays, 8 to 2 on Sundays. And if you use the code FPPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order, whether you're in store or online at LaBelleRosette.com. That's a really good deal. Totally a good deal, and it's even a better deal when you get to see moi at the store. Is that a good deal? Uh, not really, but I actually need to head to work right now because I'm gonna be late. Oh, so I'm gonna go. Go to La Belle Rosette. Go. Bye. Right now.
Drop everything. Go. Yeah, it's been rough. Um, there's actually a uh, sub shortage here. Mm-hmm. And there probably is out there, too. Mm-hmm. If there's a sub shortage happening in Georgia, most likely it's happening in Colorado, too. Teachers have been quitting like crazy. And honestly, it's like they've had to deal with a lot. And they're not... It's the same issue that happened during COVID where all of the... Um, essential workers were like okay round of applause we value you but we're not giving you a pay raise or anything oh yeah i know like we're gonna do this big extravagant show we're gonna fly jets like military jets above atlanta to show you that we appreciate you but no no raise they honestly don't get paid enough with what they deal with every single day i swear i feel I mean, there's a reason why I'm not a full-time teacher like that. I mean, I definitely give kudos to all the full-time teachers that deal with that stuff every day, but I can't deal. I can't do that. I honestly can't. In Cobb, pre-COVID, a, star- a teacher's starting salary was 40000 Mm-hmm. It's enough for one person to live on, but not super well. No. I know that Kemp has raised the teacher's salary here. That's good. I'm not sure to what. I think it's by, like, a few thousand. Okay. So it might be, like, 45 now. But still. Ish. It's still not great. (sighs) Teachers deserve more. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're expected to babysit your kids. They're expected to educate your kids. They're expected to put their lives down if there's a school shooter. Yep. I think about that all the time. I've had to do code red drills with kids. And I know for a fact that if there was a shooter, you know, I'm going to put my life in danger before kids. Yeah, no. That's like a legitimate thing. I know that. And that's that's a scary thing to think about. Yeah. The teachers don't get paid enough at all. I definitely feel like there's they had a lot of pressures put on them. And a lot of expectations. Because you remember like a couple weeks into the pandemic when everyone was like, wow, we should give teachers raises because I'm homeschooling my kid and it's a nightmare. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. And now it's like that didn't even happen. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like we kind of forgot what happened in the last two years or so. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We just have, like, so much collective trauma, I guess. Yeah, and everything just seems to, like, blur together, it feels like. I mean, at least in my perspective, mm-hmm. it feels like that, but, yeah. No, it does. I mean, March 2020 seems like it was 10 years ago, but also yesterday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it wasn't that long ago. It was two years ago. I'm looking at my calendar saying it's 2022, and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, my God. I feel like I've aged 10 years in the last two years. Yep, me too. I feel like I need... I go to bed at 9 o'clock now. <laughs> My back aches. <laughs> Not really, but I feel old. My knee don't work. My knee don't work. My knees hurt. I'm going to turn into my dad. I have an old man injury. I injured my knee by bringing the trash can up to the house. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were joking for a second, but no. I'm so sorry. No. Aww. My house is on a hill, and I was bringing our trash can up. And the grass was wet, and I slipped. Mm. I think I landed on my knee kind of weird, and it kind of twinged, and it bothered me. And I was like, okay, it'll be fine. And then a few days later, I was running with Valkyrie, and she pulled me as I stepped on that foot. And it just, like, hasn't been the same since. Oh, man. Are you going to go to a doctor, get checked out, or are you just going to, like, ice it, rest a little bit, stretch? This happened in, like, February or January. No, actually, when did you come to Georgia? 
April. Late March, early April. Okay, do you remember when my knee brace came and I started wearing it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that why? It happened shortly before that, so it must have been like February-ish. Okay, okay. Hey, future Brittany, past Brittany is wrong. I was looking back at a picture of Catherine and I from the 5K that we ran together back in October, and I am still wearing that knee brace, so I must have gotten that injury summer of 2021. It's been getting slowly better. It's it good. doesn't bother me quite as much, but it just feels like old injury now where, you know how if you have like an old injury, like the stuff around it is tight. Like it feels like the muscles around my knee are like always tight. Mm, okay. Gotcha. I feel like it's just kind of one of those like old person injuries that you just kind of get and you're like, well. <laughs> well, I'm old now. I'm the ripe age of 29. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I could bicker like an old man, so. (laughs) That's just me now, so. That's just me in general. The past two years have been crazy. No, basically. Yeah, but teaching-wise, teaching has been crazy. I don't know. I'm kind of almost, I'm thankful that, like, school's over now. I'm kind of glad to just have that break. Um, to be really honest. And also, like, even with some of my private lessons, you know, because, like, I feel like even this year I had a lot of private lessons, and I don't know, I felt so tired even when I taught my private lessons in some instance. I'm just glad to have, like, some kind of break to refresh myself a little bit, and I want to just feel energized again because I just feel kind of bleh. I would say that I'm happy to have a break, but I am doing deliveries, Mm -hmm. so it's like, I guess I do kind of get a break. Uh, I get, like, drawn into the hustle of things Mm -hmm. and especially if we need money I'm like well why shouldn't I work 60 hours a week to pay off our bills (laughs) like this seems like something I should do and David's like what are you doing so he he was the one who was like treat it like a part-time job he's like schedule your shifts quote unquote you know like the weekend before and he's like don't do any more than 15 to 20 hours yeah. So, and he's been holding me to that. Like, he's literally been texting me all day today because all I'm doing today is I'm recording with you and I teach in the evening and I'm going to do some editing and some reading today. And he's just like, are you doing an R&R day? Like, mm-hmm. a rest and relaxation? And he's like, well, you need to do something for yourself. And I'm like, okay, well, editing is still work, but it's a little bit more laid back. And then I'm planning to do reading for fiddle and pipe and not fiddle and pipe stuff. And I plan to, I went running with Valkyrie this morning and I'm just gonna. That seems nice though. It seems productive where you have like, you're getting things done, but you're still putting in time for yourself. Yeah, I have a really hard time just turning off. And I have a really hard time not working. I don't have a hard time relaxing. Like, it's easy for me to be chill, but I have a hard time relaxing in the sense that it's hard for me to not do anything. So he's been helping, like, hold me accountable for that because I feel like at this point I need that other person because if he wasn't like this with me, I would be hustling, doing deliveries to make money, and I wouldn't have a summer break. Yeah. But now, you know, I'm not clinicianing as much, so I'm kind of subbing in deliveries. As, like, a way. While I'm not cl- yeah, as a way to earn, like, some extra side cash, cash while my other job is on more of a lull. That's what I'm doing with LaBelle. 
like I'm back at LaBelle for a little bit just like working and helping out because we need the people especially this time of the year because it's gonna be close to finals at DU they're not done yet because they got the quarter system going on so <laughs> sucks I mean for them they don't start school until like mid-September so that's insane I know it's weird but hey that's how they do it but yeah I'm kind of doing that label I'm trying to make sure that I like balance my time at label but I'm also like balancing my other things like I I'm still teaching private lessons over the summer I kind of want to like do some things I kind of want to just prepare myself also for sectionals next year and kind of like do a little bit more reading and research about like handling like groups of kids and stuff like that what are the best ways to teach beginners, like, especially in a large group instance, especially when you have little kids? I'm going to issue a challenge to our listeners. I, I know that some of you listening are educators. If y'all have book suggestions for us to read. Yes, <laughs> please. Either on the podcast or as individuals to help with teaching and classroom management stuff, we would love those book suggestions. Please. That would be very helpful. Please. And we can share that on the podcast as well. We can share it on social media, so. But yeah, I I really, and I'm doing social media work actually for the bar. And I'm really happy about that. And so I want to put some time in doing that stuff, like more social media work, Mm -hmm. because I really like it. It's just really hard (laughs) when you're juggling all the other crap that you do. And then you're like, oh, now I need to like sit down and think about content that I need to create and then taking the time to actually yeah. create the content and then actually like engaging and doing all you know building some kind of relationship with an audience all that is so freaking time consuming in itself that it's hard to like handle that and then like handle like I have to deal with people all the time <laughs> On the other end. Like the 20 other things that you're doing. It's so draining. And I've just been... And then self-care. And then house stuff. And then partner stuff. I think that's why I feel slightly burned out as well. Because, like, I've been feeling really burned out with teaching. And then feeling really burned out being on social media. And doing things on social media lately. That I just don't want to do either of the two. I appreciate all the work you do for the podcast. I appreciate what you're doing. I think you're doing more than me, so you deserve more of a kudos than I do, to be really honest. We both deserved a kudos. Really more focused on is just, like, kind of refreshing myself for a little bit once school's, like, completely over. I kind of feel that right now because I'm, mm-hmm. I only have, like, one school left. <laughs> one school left. Mm-hmm. And that's next week, and that's it. And it's only for a little time next week. And I have a little bit more time next week as well, um to like for myself so I think what I'm gonna do is just kind of like try to find a way how can I balance work and R&R better Mm -hmm. because I feel like there were moments where I definitely like and I'm very proud of myself for doing this but there were a little bit more times where I had to be out whether because I got sick with the flu because a kid coughed on me. Throwback to our episodes <laughs> yeah with wendy and rainer again thank you for being the mvp i was listening to uh the episode with you and rainer yesterday and i was like damn I'm, i started not wearing my mask as much towards the spring this year and i'm just gonna be honest about that because you know covid like mask mandates were like lifted and i and i don't really have health issues as much like you you like i don't have i'm not high risk like, you have asthma, mm-hmm. I don't. And I've been boosted, and I was just like, you know what, I think, like, kind of showing the kids, like, 
what it looks like to play your flute might be helpful in a way, just yeah. to get them a little bit more confident. See, I just don't trust anyone. Uh, so, yeah, I don't trust anybody <laughs> either, because I totally forgot the pre-pandemic, uh, like, literally two months before the pandemic started, maybe, maybe I got COVID, I don't know, but I just remember one time this kid came up to me and was like, Miss Catherine, I'm sick! <laughs> and I literally looked at them and I was like, Get in the other side of that room. Like, I'm not touching you. I'm not getting near you. Walk away from me. And I got sick forever. Like, I got sick. Mm -hmm. And then COVID started. And that's how you got this last flu thing, too. Yeah, I got sick because this kid came. I was like, Miss Catherine, I have allergies. (laughs) And I'm like... You're like, can you not? (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally got sick. And I totally... Man, I think the one thing that I feel really proud of myself for doing, at least, is, you know, canceling. If I felt sick, canceling. Mm-hmm. If I definitely knew, I think like there was like one moment where I hurt myself for a bit. Um, I had like a muscle strain, so and I was I could not move, and I was yeah. like, I'm not teaching in this condition. I think like being aware of my body more often, like your physical health, my physical health, yeah, like being aware of my physical health and knowing that like okay. I definitely don't want to spread anything. Even, like, I don't want to spread anything. Mm -hmm. If I had a cold, too, I would just, like, keep my mask on. Like, I'm not getting anybody sick. But I just would listen to myself and be like, okay, I'm not in a good shape to teach right now at all. I don't think it's a good idea to be doing that. I need to rest. I need to take care of myself. Because if I can't be Mm -hmm. 100% here, I I won't be 100% for a while. So I basically just gave myself rest. And I don't feel bad for it whatsoever because, you know, I've done it where I've toughed it out before and I've been sick, not feeling well, taught. It's an awful freaking time. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I also noticed that, like, I get, I'm, it takes longer for me to heal. Like, I've noticed that before the pandemic started, when I was really sick, I remember I was still doing everything that I was supposed to do, working at LeBeau, teaching. I will never do that ever again. <laughs> like, I will yeah. listen to myself and be like, I need to quit. Because, like, when I got sick with the flu, I canceled everything. And then you're also not as good at your job, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I got sick with the flu, I literally canceled everything. I had a concert that same week as well. I canceled going to that, rehe- like, my dress rehearsal, but I showed up. I canceled my lessons, like, before that concert because I was like, my goal is to actually make it to this concert. That way I can still play. And then go home and pass out for, like, the next, like, 24 hours. <laughs> so, because mm-hmm. I felt, like, pretty okay to do that. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to. I wanted to play the music. But teaching-wise, I was like, I don't want to get anybody sick. And in my private lesson stance, too, like, I have some students that are high risk. And I'm not going to, like, spread anything to them. That's not my goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did that with the flute when I had the flu because I had to teach that sub for that band class <laughs> that following week. So, mm. I'm really glad I had the energy for that. Let's just be honest. Um, Listening to, I think that was like the one positive thing is like, I finally was listening to myself and taking care of myself for once. I love teaching, but I just don't want to be teaching and, you know, spreading anything to people. I don't know. I just, I don't like being sick and I want to be as fat. Like I want to be quick, like I want to heal or get better as quick as possible, you know? Yeah. I think that's one thing that I have gotten from this too. Not so much for physical health because I haven't really had that much sicknesses. I, since COVID started, like I said, I had that little cold around Christmas and I was still teaching because it was, I I didn't have as bad of a thing as you had. It just kind of felt like a mild inconvenience and I just wore a mask. I require my students to 
that come here, I require them to be fully vaccinated if they don't want to wear masks. Otherwise, they need to wear masks because I don't want to deal with that. Fair. So the kids who normally don't wear masks, like, saw me wearing a mask and they're like, oh, like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just have a cold and just taking precautions. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, the last time I was sick, in the summer of... 2020 when I was working at Total Wine I got food poisoning because I was taking leftovers to work and David made ribs that were like real good but you know pork goes bad real fast Mm -hmm. and I ate it on like the fourth day and I think if you look online about pork it goes bad like three to five days Mm -hmm. and you know how there's like two people in each relationship there's the person who reads the expiration dates and throws it away like the day <laughs> the day before and then there's one person that like stretches stuff out way past that's when n- you should eat it that's not that's really me. me yeah david's the first one and i'm the second one we both definitely have met more in the middle since then but like if something was slightly off or if like one thing like if it's like a bowl of berries and one of it was moldy like david would throw the whole thing away yep, that's funny for example Yep, and then I would be like, oh, we've had this chicken for a week. It's probably fine. Just smell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not like that so much anymore. I will definitely, like, stretch stuff past, mm-hmm. but I'm a little bit more cautious now. But I got real bad food poisoning. Like, I had diarrhea, like, five times before I had to go into work. No! And I called out, and it was one of those stomach bugs where you know how some bugs leave your system pretty fast yeah i had it for like two days and then i had i was like really weak for like a couple days after that so i remember i tried to call out on a fourth day and the boss that told a wine was like yeah no you need a doctor's note you can't take another day off and i'm like what the actual fuck so i went into work and i had to leave after like four hours because like i was just not doing well like my stomach was super crampy Mm -hmm. and i just felt really lethargic and like weak Mm -hmm. and i was like but i'm here i haven't really done so much for physical health but i think mental health wise um i started doing therapy was it in covid i can't even remember i feel like it might have been during covid October 2020, I started going to therapy, and that's been really, really good. I've been starting to draw boundaries. Uh, We started this podcast, which is great, and I feel like I can manage my anxiety a lot better. I feel like I'm living a better quality of life. Good. Yeah. So I think, like, mental health-wise, even though I feel like everyone kind of had, like, a mental health collapse, and I definitely feel like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) to some degree, but I think... That I have also, like, grown a lot in my mental health as a person. I'm I'm getting better at making time for myself, even though I still struggle at it. Doing things that I like to do. Not saying yes to everything. Mm, that's a big one that I learned, <laughs> is not saying yes to everything. And Yeah. yeah. Like, it's okay to relax. <laughs> it is okay to relax, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I just remember, like, I was saying yes to a lot of things, especially before the pandemic, even with teaching. Like, I would literally take anything. And nowadays, it's just, like, I'm only taking in what I can handle, really. Mm-hmm. Because I know that, like, mental health-wise, like, I'm just, like, overwhelmed myself to the point where, like, now I can't, I don't know how I had the energy or did as many things as I did before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is now that I'm just, like, more aware about my personal life, like, not just with myself personally, but also, like, 
thinking more about like my relationship, you know, because like before the pandemic, yeah. I was working all the time. I never really spent a lot of time with Woody as much as I do today. And I that's important to me. Because yeah. like, I mean, in the end, like I can work as much as I want, but you know your relationships with yourself and like the people that are close to you matter more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's one thing I got out of it. Like I have a really, I have a really high threshold for stress. Like I handle stress well. You and do. I, it takes a it takes a lot for me to feel overworked or overwhelmed. So like as a result, I can take a lot on and it like doesn't seem like a big deal for me. But then I'm like, oh, I haven't exercised in a few weeks or, oh, Valkyrie hasn't done anything or, oh, David and I haven't really done anything. Oh, I haven't really seen my friends. So like stuff like that would happen. And I feel like I'm getting better at because I never really had an issue of feeling overwhelmed from work or overwhelmed from stress but it's more about putting in that self-care as like a preventative thing because mm-hmm. one of my big love languages is quality time so if I don't get quality time with David I get real pissy if I don't see my friends I get real sad uh if I don't see my family I get sad if I don't exercise I start feeling more anxious so it's about putting in these things to just make sure that I'm doing what I need to do so I stay okay, I guess. I feel like this podcast has been a huge outlet, too. That's good. I mean, I I think it's been a good outlet, like, even career career ugh, words, career-wise. Yeah. In a way. I mean, it helped us both with the pandemic find more self-worth and, like, who we are as people. Yeah, because I think when before the pandemic I just like kind of just saw myself as like I'm a flutist mm-hmm. now I feel like a little bit different about that I'm still trying to discover some of my things like some things but yeah I think this has been a really good outlet in a way for sure yeah uh I'm excited for this summer and Me too. It'll be interesting to see what next school year brings. I'm honestly ready for next school year. I've been ready for next school year since, like, March, February. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've just been like, okay, I'm ready for next August. Like, let's just do this. Let's let's restart. Clean slate. Let's try this again. <laughs> let's try it again. <laughs> let's just try this again. But I, I am ready for the next school year. I think I'm a little bit more prepared. And if we do, because COVID supposedly COVID is going around again, you people. Like, it, it ain't over yet because it's, it's not going to be over. Get your shots, wear your masks, yeah, wash your hands. Exactly. I, I, I know that, like, some cities in the East Coast, like, did a mask mandate because COVID numbers got really bad over there. I don't know if Denver is going to get to that point, but I just know that if things end up being where, like, this variant that's out or maybe there's another one that possibly will pop up in the next, like, two days, who knows, um, I, I think... Well, monkeypox is starting to be a concern. Did you see that? No, what? Yeah, monkeypox is starting to spread. I don't know what that is. Like, smallpox, but for monkeys. Oh. Great, because... Yeah. Right, so, depending on the situation with what is happening disease-wise in our <laughs> current state of affairs, um, <laughs> I think that I'm a little bit more prepared in case, like, what if they're, like, I, I know what to, like, expect next year. I have a little bit, I think I'll feel a little bit more prepared in a way because instead of having, like, a year and a half of a gap of teaching, I'll have, like, what, two months? 
So yeah, this time they're gonna go by fast too. Let's just think about that. It's gonna be an easier transition for sure. Oh yeah, and if if there happens to be a mass mandate at any of the schools that I teach at, like I have a little bit better of a preparation to you know how to get kids to like okay, let's just take this off really quick. Blow for me. <laughs> Put it back on. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. person. <laughs> Not really, but at the same time, I have a little bit more prep what to do. Sure. Definitely this year was um, not easy. I'll just say that for sure. No. Like. Not at all. I think it maybe needed to happen. I just felt like it was a rough awakening. It really was. <laughs> it's like, oh God. <laughs> it really was. It was like, oh snap, kids. <laughs> I don't know. Now I don't know if I really want kids anymore. So now I'm just like, <laughs> maybe I'm just better off teaching. I had a kid though ask me. Miss Catherine, do you have kids? And I'm like, do I look like I have kids? <laughs> and she's like, no. You realize I am a child, right? That's when I looked at her and I was like, do I look like I have kids? And she's like, no. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> All right. So next week we started our next book by Ivana Lynch Yay. called The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting. That will be our first episode with Rainer Slay, who joined us on the smog episode we haven't recorded this yeah. yet. <laughs> We're recording it on Monday. No. But it should be good. It should be good. Go listen to it. Yeah, so... Well, listen to it when it comes out. Yeah, so if you haven't read the book or heard of the book but are interested, uh, feel free to check it out and follow along because that will be our read for, like, the whole month of July or June into July. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to just binge read it and then listen to our podcast or binge listen to our podcasts, whatever works for you. Listen on Apple Podcasts, and while you're listening and binge reading, you can give us a rating because that's helpful. Or write us a review. Yeah. It could be really simple. It could be a really simple thing. I believe you can also rate us on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. You can rate. If you like the vibe that we kind of had at the beginning of this episode, you can catch a lot of that on patreon.com slash fiddle Patreon is a crowd sourcing website that allows creators to make money doing what they do. So it's a subscription service, basically, where for, depending on what you want, how much you want to contribute, currently for either $2 a month, you can get access to bloopers and outtakes from all of our episodes, or for $5 a month, you can get access to our bloopers and outtakes, as well as our separate Happy Hour podcast, which we are starting to get more regular with that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can guarantee at least one episode per month. Hey, it's Future Brittany again. We're going to take a few minutes here to plug our latest Patreon episode where Catherine and I play a classical FM classical music quiz to see how much we know about classical music. And you would honestly be shocked at the results. Which of Elgar's Enigma variations was partially inspired by a bulldog? Answer one or choice one is variation. What are Roman numerals? Why am I getting the Roman numerals? X1? That's 11. 11? Okay. 11. GRS. Uh, Variation one, CAE. Variation 12, BGN. Variation, is it nine? IX? Uh, IX, I think it's nine. Yeah, IX Nimrod. I have no idea. I have no idea either. I've never played this piece. I don't listen to this piece, to be really honest. I think I may have heard, like, a few movements. 
but not like the whole thing altogether. Sorry if you love Elgar. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go with variation one. All right. What do you pick? I pick variation 12. And... Damn it! Am I putting it? Oh, it's variation 11. I was thinking it's either 11 or 12 because I kind of think about it. Like, they're very close together. Mm -hmm. Why are those the only two that are, like, 11, 12 and not, like, 10? Nine, eight. I don't even know what they stand for. I really don't know. That was either. a stupid question. We are not geniuses. I'm gonna drink again. I also drank. Because okay. this is just gonna get better. Where was cellist Jacqueline Dupre born? Cheltenham or Cheltenham, however you pronounce it. Oxford, Cambridge, or Surinchester? Sir- Sir- I will not know this because I'm not a cellist. I'm going to put Cheltenham. I'm going to say Oxford. And go. Damn it. <gasps> oh, you got it right! <laughs> <laughs> I guess, and I was right. Yes! So I still drink. Look, I'm more of a genius than you. Brittany one, cat zero. <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cellist. If there was like a flute question on there, I'm sure I would get it. Maybe I would get it wrong. I don't know. Anyway. I literally just guessed. But <laughs> I liked how... Um, this is hard so far, I will say. Yeah, I, I said... I said, I was going to say that I'm trash talking you, but I only got <laughs> the third one right. <laughs> like one out of three. You're trash talking me, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Question four? Which conductor always appeared on the podium wearing a white carnation? Sir Thomas... What kind of question is this? (laughs) Uh, If you're a conductor out there, let us know. Sir Thomas Beecham? Sir Malcolm Sargent? Sir Henry Wood? Sir John Barbaroli? That sounds like a pasta. Mm. Yum. Um... Um... I'm not going to say Henry Wood because dick. Um, I think Thomas... I'm going to say Thomas Beecham. I'm going to say the Barbaroli guy. Ready? Damn it. Damn it! Sir Malcolm Sergeant Wolf. Still one to zero. We're really bad at this. <laughs> how, how am I supposed to know every single conductor's name and their outfit choices? And then we are unleashing a new tier soon Mm -hmm. where we will be reading books that we are not putting on this podcast. Nope. Because we already have our books scheduled out. (laughs) Like way scheduled out. Because we are hashtag prepared. Exactly. And so we are just like, this is just a fun thing that we're doing. So check it out. If you like what we do, we really appreciate the support. And we'll have more info about that book tier in the future. Yes, and speaking of hashtags, if you like what we do, you can find us on Instagram at Fiddle and Pipe. That's the podcast. You can find me at BM Ross Music. And I'm at Cat Flinch Flute. And if you f- want to follow us on Facebook, we're at Fiddle and Pipe Forum on Instagram, or on Facebook. 
On Instabook. <laughs> on Instabook. <laughs> Isn't aren't they all combined into Meta now? I don't. I don't. They're care. No, They're owned by the same person, so doesn't doesn't even matter. Yeah, right. They're all the same. It's the same person. <laughs> um, if you like our podcast and can't financially contribute, that is okay. We already we- did the rating thing. <laughs> Not just rating, but sharing it with a friend, oh. a family member, a coworker. Getting more listens each week really helps our podcast grow. So anything that our loyal listeners can do to help us out would be real rad. And is that it? I think so. Cool. Well, on that note, we will see y'all next week for the first section of the episode of Butterfly Hunting, which I actually think I'm going to start that today. Uh, that's my goal today as well. Yay! Reading buddies forever and ever. And we're gonna go read right now. So, yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.